are listening to Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. A level-headed movie critic meets a loudmouth movie cynic. And action! All right, welcome back to the show. My name is Kyle. This is James. And today, James, what are we doing? Jurassic Park. And joining us today, <laughs> first time in the studio, uh, I think he wrote and directed and produced and, uh, I don't know, is the heir to the Jurassic Park fame. Ben is joining us. Hello. Right. Hello. Ben, Thank the you. resident paleontologist, Jurassic Park enthusiast, everything dinosaurs. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here finally. It took us a while, Kyle. We've been trying to get Ben in the studio for months. It did. And an, can an you believe it? embarrassing amount of time. We're over, <laughs> what, what are we, at? Over well over 100 episodes at this point, right? Not going to put an exact number to it. Yeah. But this whole thing started, Ben, as you now know. With Jurassic World Review. And it took us two years plus, Kyle, mm-hmm. to cycle back and do a retro review of the original. Ben? We could probably do a retro review of the Jurassic World podcast <laughs> by now. <laughs> okay, Ben, you have ten seconds to give a review of Jurassic World. Ready, set, go. Total fucking garbage. Yes! I'm so serious. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they yes. took all the good morsels from the original and they threw them all out the window for the sake of hopeless, cheesy popcorn, <laughs> candy-filled nostalgia to try to get people like me back to the theater. And of course I went, but it was hugely disappointing. <laughs> yes. And of course, yeah. you remember from the podcast, James also went and, as he said, voted with his dollars. I think yeah. that's where that began. And the regret immediately started after. Oh, I had a whole plan. I said if they ever make a fourth Jurassic Park, all my high school friends would come together and watch it together in the theater. And we did. And I literally got up and went to the bathroom in the middle of the movie. <gasps> and he's the biggest Jurassic <laughs> yeah. Park fan oh, yeah. I know. So that tells it all. That's yeah. insane. Kyle, can I yeah. just say one thing before we get back sure. to Jurassic Park? Jurassic World, I think on the internet, <laughs> I think on the internet there are now theories, to use that word very loosely. I hate using that word incorrectly, but whatever. There are ideas floating around out there that Jurassic World, the whole panic that ensued was actually part of the experience. Have you read about this? That the, I have not. That, that it was staged. It was that sta- the dinosaurs so, got... Yeah. Oh, for God's sake. No, see, I don't, I don't think that... <laughs> I think a very quick recap of the actual events of the movie would debunk that real quick. Can you be? Do you see how people try to justify garbage? Yes. No, no. Seriously, like that was the yeah. the, the, the unexpected visitors didn't know that that's part of their ticket. Oh, Absolutely. Man. Can you? No, that's not. That's not. That's not. The case. I, I would struggle. To, well, we'll find out so when Jurassic <laughs> World Two comes out next year in production. Is uh, it? Oh yeah, it's happening. Fallen Kingdom. Anyway, Is that what it's going to be called? Yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck that shit. All right, let's get back to the real thing. Take us back. Okay. Ben, do you even remember the first time you saw Jurassic Park? You know what? And if so, how many times have you seen it? So I don't remember the first time. I was told it happened when I was two years old. (laughs) Oh, my God. But this film of pretty much anything in my life has determined more about the course of my life than anything else. Because I watch it at two. For some reason, my parents allowed me to do that. No idea why. So I was way too young to even be scared. I just thought it was awesome. And then from that moment on, that was it for me. I knew I wanted to do paleontology. I got to study paleontology in college, met some amazing advisors who took me under their wing, gone on digs in Montana, 
North Dakota and New Mexico, and actually I've excavated some of the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park in, this, hey, in the trilogy. Look at that! The quadrilogy now. <laughs> uh, I've dug up some Triceratops, what? some of a raptor called Sornitholestes, so similar to Velociraptor, but Velociraptor didn't live in North America. We'll talk about that. <laughs> um, Parasaurolophus, the one with the big crest that's in the Lost World, and a more primitive Tyrannosaur called Despletosaurus. Some of that too. So. Super lucky, really fortunate. Got to meet Jack Horner, the advisor for Jurassic Park as well. Present some research to him. So I've got to live the dream of Dr. Grant. That is I want insane. to do since I was a baby. Very cool. Kyle, why did we not have Ben in the studio for life-changing movies? Uh, it's happening right now. That's not even a life-changing movie. That's a life... It's a life-directing movie. Oh, yes. <laughs> a life-creating yeah. movie. Yeah. Totally, wow. totally, completely determine the course of that part of my life how often do you watch it do you ever go back and revisit uh, it for fun or absolutely have you, have you just lived the dream now you don't no 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 i still go back to it <laughs> oh you asked me how many times i've list, i've watched this movie it's gotta be over 150 times <laughs> i mean I, who even knows i used to just i played that vcr until it broke and then the dvd i had that too now i have it on amazon or whatever, like, whatever. It's all media at all times <laughs> My email account has to do with Jurassic Park I made in middle school. It's totally determined. Impressive. Everything. Yeah. Very nice. Impressive. Excellent. I thought you, you were going to give it out on the podcast. You'd get <laughs> No, no. I'd be, yeah, I'd be worried about that. <laughs> His email is loudontheset at gmail.com. <laughs> I, I think they said point. that in the movie at some point, right? Ben, anyway. you might be our, our archivalist at some point. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Loud on the set lore is here. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> okay, so Jurassic Park. We've talked about it before on the podcast. Mm -hmm. We're big fans. James, do you remember the first time you saw it? Did you see it in the theater? Well, here's the age gap, everybody. Yeah, I saw it in the theater. I remember it very well. And we've talked about this on the podcast. It was the perhaps the last time I was genuinely terrified in a movie. Ooh. Because I was scared for those little motherfuckers' lives. <laughs> when, they, when they were in the Jeep. <laughs> when they were in the Jeep. Yeah. Not for the rest of the movie. Once, once oh. they survived the Jeep, you're like, all right, yeah. if they could, get, if they could survive that, they'll make it. Uh, <laughs> but for a second, I was like, holy shit. Especially when the, the sunroof collapsed in. Yep. And they had to support it with their hands and feet. We've talked yeah. about this. But man, oh man, that I was genuinely concerned for the the, yeah, the original Lex and top. Tim. Lex and Tim. <laughs> yes. She's a hacker. He's a dino enthusiast. Yes. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was stuck of in a tree. It was it was it was spectacular. Um a couple of comments I wrote here, I don't want to hog all the time, but oh, sure. we gotta was that unlike Jurassic World and unlike a lot of fucking movies nowadays, it found the perfect balance between thrill, horror, drama, and, and comedy, mm -hmm. you know? Whereas Jurassic World, we, we talked about the tone differences, like, oh, people getting slaughtered, and then a milkshake joke, whatever the fuck, or a fat tourist <laughs> joke, right? Unbelievable. I, th this movie, to me, balanced it a lot very well. Very much like the original Independence Day did, by the way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this is like... There the, are parallels. This is the classic, like, Spielbergian film. Like, yeah. Like, the, the most, like, quintessential example of, like... His ability to kind of direct you in any direction he wanted to go at any time, which was pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. And that scene is definitely one of the kind of quintessential horror movie quote uh, editing scenes as well, with all the different techniques that they used and camera angles and everything. Quite fascinating. 
Anywho, uh, <laughs> Jurassic Park definitely really changed my life. I still, to this day, it, it might be Jurassic Park 2 more than Jurassic Park 1, but I've got those dreams where I'm in the house and I look outside and all the dinosaurs are outside and they're coming to kill me. Oh, man. So <laughs> I wish I had more of those dreams. That's, that's in there for good. Uh, it's not going to come out. Um, but I love Jurassic Park. Recently, they re-released it in the theaters in 3D, and I was like, well, that sounds cool. I'm going to go see it. And it was spectacular. One of the best movie-going experiences I've had in so long. And one of the best reasons why was the plot I had completely ignored as a child, as I'm sure most young people did. And I just loved the dinosaurs. But it's it is so comedic, and it is so uh, it is so full of characters and like really, I mean, just exciting moments. But you pick up so on so much more of that. Uh, when you're older, I suppose. <laughs> All right, Ben, take it over, just man. Just the cool dinosaurs. Go crazy on us. All right. What's I your have, favorite I dinosaur? I have so much. To, oh, that's like... <laughs> in Jurassic Cliche Park. in Jurassic Park. I quite like the Dilophosaurus. Oh, yes. Yes. Remind us who the Dilophosaurus is. It's the is. spitter, which in real life, there's no evidence it has any of that soft tissue for the frill. Oh. There's also no evidence it spat venom, and it was three times the size. Whoa. But besides that, still love it. Great dinosaur, underappreciated. <laughs> See, what, do you think, what do you think is happening in Hollywood in the production when the the advisor, I assume, mm-hmm. would have told them all that stuff? By the way, the, the one right. you picked right here doesn't spit, has no <laughs> has no head right, flaps, right. and is way bigger than what you're projecting. So, do you think it just go, fuck it? Like, <laughs> yeah. well, so here's the thing. Yeah. There are plenty of scientific inaccuracies in Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. but none of them bother me at all, not one bit. Really? Yes, indeed. Why not? Because there's such a wonderful job that the makers of this film did in changing the public perception of dinosaurs towards being way more active, intelligent, social, and dynamic, interesting creatures than was ever portrayed before. This is coming off the coattails of this dinosaur revolution that happened in the 70s and 80s, where you're finding small, active dinosaurs that were probably warm-blooded, things like that, that was changing things a lot. But people still thought of them as sluggish, unintelligent, really kind of dopey creatures. And so even though they got some of these individual and body type inaccuracies all over the place, those liberties don't bother me at all because they really hammer home things like the dinosaur bird connection. You have a scene at the beginning where Dr. Grant says, well, maybe dinosaurs have more in common with birds than they do with reptiles, and everyone laughs. <laughs> and he says, no, 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 look at the half moon shaped wrist, the pubic bone turned backward just like a bird. Even the word raptor means bird of prey, blah, blah, blah. They hammer that home. They don't need to do that to make the film go through its plot. It's nothing to do with that. Good point. But it's just to make sure that this point gets across, and it helped inspire all sorts of young paleontologists and other curious people just to want to pursue those types of things and just feel a sense of majesty towards understanding the natural world. So I really think it did a great service, and I appreciate that very much about the way that this movie handled dinosaurs. That is awesome. Wow, Kyle, I just learned something. There you go. We're educational for the first time ever here at Loud and <laughs> the Set. The first time. And you know what? If, here's, 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 here's a little something for you, right? Yes. If the O.J. Simpson trial taught us anything. <laughs> Wild the, tangent. Yeah, where are we going here? You'll see. If the O.J. Simpson trial taught us anything is that people are fucking dumb <laughs> when, it comes to, when it comes to science-based understanding of the world. He's free now. Do you know that? Yeah, what, what, what do I mean by this? Where, where's this wild tangent going? Ben is saying that a movie like Jurassic Park can advance 
scientific knowledge of things that people think they have a little bit of a grasp on. Yeah, I know dinosaurs, those big stupid reptiles, right? Mm-hmm. Well, fuck, if it takes a movie like Jurassic Park directed by Steven Spielberg to advance evolutionary understanding, terrific. Well, Christ almighty, people didn't have an understanding of DNA when the OJ trial was happening. Uh, you know? So maybe yeah. we could have used a DNA Park movie. <laughs> they could be a, this was kind of <laughs> DNA know? Park. Like, by the way, if DNA yeah. is found here and it's also found here, it's probably the same fucking person. <laughs> yeah. You know? The margin of error uh, here is yeah. minuscule. Last time we checked, they never twin. You know, <laughs> well, see what I'm saying? So like, sometimes totally. it does. It's like sometimes it takes a, a, a horror thriller comedy to slap people and be like, "Oh the, shit!" The court like, of I didn't, public uh, view. I don't know that. shit about dinosaurs. Thanks, yeah. Jurassic Park and, and actor <laughs> Doctor yeah. Alan Grant guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. his name is in real life. Yeah. You know? Sam Neil. Sam Neil. See, do you see how I made that connection to the OJ? Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that was interesting. Anyway, fascinating. fascinating. How topical. Ben, <laughs> yes. what is your favorite part of the movie and your least favorite part of the movie? My favorite part of the movie, and in fact, my favorite movie scene ever of all time, is the T-Rex main road attack scene. Yeah. Right after the storm happens, the power cuts. They're sitting there in their little explorers on the road, and the T-Rex is putting his hand claws on that fence, showing it's not electrified anymore. And then suddenly, after the goat is dispatched, busts through that gate and lets out that bellow. And it's just absolutely staggering. Incredible. And one of the scenes that brings me back to the sense of awe. Oh, my goodness. I used to do that when I was a kid all the time. But (laughs) voice is a little crock today. That's right. We'll save it for the quotes. We'll save it for the quotes. (laughs) Yeah. One day, one day. Well, that I mean, that scene was revolutionary in so many ways. Uh, Just the editing of it was so pristine, and the build-up from the entirety of the movie, getting to that point um, with the slow burn, just like in Jaws, keeping everything hidden away, not seeing the T-Rex, and then getting the... Just the footsteps and the sounds and everything before it was approaching. Oh, yes. The little glass of water. The ripple is now mimicked Yes, the iconic. And do you know yeah. how they got that perfect ripple? No, but I would love to know. Yes, they had to have, <laughs> apparently, according to James Earl Jones narrating the making of Jurassic Park, which is the best human experience you can have. <laughs> For 65 million years, dinosaurs lay buried. Anyway, but they, what they had was someone with a guitar string underneath the car plucking it to vibrate everything just right to get that perfect concentric circles because when they would shake other things you get like lopsided Uh, ripples so they had to have someone plucking a guitar string oh what an iconic scene yeah Yeah, I'm I'm gonna appreciate that comment because you're absolutely right it is an iconic one of the most memorable scenes in movie history because and I'll tell you why to me and I think to the industry it represented the introduction slash bursting onto the scene emergence of the next Phase of special effects. You know what I mean? Oh, like absolutely. The yeah. the first of all, the build up to it is spectacular. The, earlier in the day, the car rolled past that goat. It rolled past that exact scene, and nothing <laughs> happened. Yeah. The kids were hyped for it. They were pressed up against the glass. They're wanting it. They're waiting for it. Everybody's waiting for it. It's the debut of the park, and nothing. And then it takes a, a rain drenched power outage to trigger this creature to come out. And it when it bursts through those wires, holy shit! Yeah. Right? Oh, holy yes. shit! Um, Where's the goat? <laughs> oh my god! Oh Jesus! Oh Jesus! <laughs> there goes Gennaro. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. That, oh, that guy running out of the car, by the way. What a... Yeah. Can, oh, I, I can't say what I really want to say. I defend the people. Right now, <laughs> anyway. I got um, your drift. He's yeah. a plebe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some other P word. Um, <laughs> but then... Oh, what was I going to say? Well, first of all... Special effects. Special effects. It looks great. It yeah. holds up and looks way better than anything from Jurassic World or anything yep, that's come far, around recently. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll do our research. Probably not. Uh, after the fact... <laughs> No music during that whole sequence. As far but as I know. There's mu- Here's the thing. I, I put some more thought into this, yep. by the way. Uh, I don't know how in the split second. Somehow I put more thought into this. Oh. Something must have happened in the space time continuum. Very nice. Anyway, there's musical buildup when the power's going out and Samuel Jackson's trying to fix shit and Nedry's nowhere to be found. There's a whole lot of music for that. Yep. But when the wiring is being pulled by the T-Rex when the goat guts splatter on the, on the window. All the tension like breaking that. of the wires. Oh, yeah. Was that good now? Oh, I so good. One, two. No music. <laughs> the scene was so intense, they knew the impact that just the visuals alone and the sensory input of the sounds of the wires breaking, the meat splattering, flashlights being shuffled forth, children screaming, cars being rocked on their axes, mm-hmm. axes, if you will. That was oh, it put you right in the moment. Plus, and then, yeah. mud yeah. squeezing out between the toes of the of the T Rex. <gasps> oh, the mud, all that stuff. Yeah. The majesty of the T Rex just appearing for the first time and oh, looking gorgeous because it. it wasn't always supposed to be CG, right? That's right. Yes, um, they were originally going to do claymation for this, and they had wonderful life size animatronics from Stan Winston Studios, which were incredible, and that's why all the close up shots. It doesn't have that dumb-looking CGI glossy <laughs> bullshit that you get in pretty much every other CGI film because it's actually a real T-Rex that's there. Yeah! But for the <laughs> scenes where they have to be moving fast and active, they're doing claymation, but then this amazing team of animators did this little demo and showed this T-Rex just walking. And after that, the claymation guy said, I think we're extinct. And they put that in the movie. Later on, a different line, when all the scientists are walking through the visitor center, and they say, like, think I'm out of a job, Malcolm says. Think you mean extinct. So <laughs> they put that in. That wasn't in the book or anything like that. It just was added in because of what that claymation person said. And that great. dude uh, hopefully got paid for that sick Malcolm Byrne line. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I hope so. That was Here's good. a little bit yeah. of additional trivia based on that scene or centered on that scene. I remember seeing an interview with none other than George Lucas where he cited either Jurassic Park, the movie as a whole, or that particular scene with the T-Rex as his moment of clarity when he realized, oh my God, now the special effects have caught up with my brilliant imagination that came up with this whole Star Wars universe. I'm going to go back and remake the originals, like inserting stupid shit all over the place, and I'm also going to do the prequels. He sort of made that decision. I swear to God, you can look for the footage, the interview... So it kind of backfired a little bit on us. The special effects were terrific. They were fantastic in Jurassic Park, but it inspired him, unfortunately, to produce uh, the, the fucking race, the fucking <laughs> podcast. What, oh not my. podcast. What Podca- podcast racing. The pod racing? Yeah. Oh, my God. Now this is pod racing. <laughs> oh, well, if, if listeners, Thanks, you T-Rex. recall back to the time travel movie thing, um, I believe you guys asked, what's one thing you'd go back and change? Well, that's a candidate now. Yeah. Go back and prevent George Lucas from seeing Jurassic Park. Yes. We never have any of that stuff. Just follow him around. That could be, oh my God, that could be a movie we write right now. <laughs> we go back in time and just prevent him from seeing the movie for his whole life. Yeah, so no when T-Rex. people are like, 
Is there anything uh, about your life that you regret or that you would want to do? You know, I never got around to seeing Jurassic Park. <laughs> nah, don't worry about it. It's gone. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Uh, Kyle and James here to tell you, like, don't worry about <laughs> it. Let's go, let's go get some ice cream or something. Right? Let's go get you a haircut and more plaid. <laughs> oh my god! I actually saw George Lucas at a Chevy's restaurant once. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting on too much of tangent. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wait. Bring it back. Uh, Bring it dinosaurs. Back. Yeah. The dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The yeah. The roar. Yeah. Talk about OJ a little bit. OJ. Yeah. George yeah. Lucas makes perfect yeah. sense. All right. Least favorite part. Uh, least favorite part. Least favorite part. <laughs> so this is tough because I do love pretty much all of this movie. There's the scene when Nedry is getting attacked by the Dilophosaurus. And he goes to hit his head on the car, but it's evident he didn't actually hit his head. He just used his hand to make a bumping noise. That kind of bothers me. But besides that, <laughs> at the end, when the in the scene when the Velociraptors are cornered, all the all the people in the visitor center next to the skeletons, and they're just looking, and the Velociraptor is about to pounce, and a fucking T Rex comes in and saves the day. Yeah, it's a wonderful scene, and it's really inspiring and awesome and majestic and all that good stuff. And they play the music, and it's wonderful, but. Did they not notice that a T-Rex was coming into the room? That Fine. had padded feet! <laughs> yeah. You might say, yeah. Ben, it was a... Plot hole. <laughs> but I will not say the other version of plot hole that's reserved for other movies that aren't Jurassic Park because there are no huge fucking plot holes in Jurassic oh, Park. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not there, one. <laughs> there are continuity errors, and there are some questionable things, like editing things. Yeah. Um, the jeeps in the beginning that are coming down to pick them up after the helicopter lands are already parked in their position. Interesting. But then when they show the scene of them getting out of the helicopter, it shows them reversing into those spots that they're already in. Things like that. Oh, you'd yes. be good at that everything wrong with. You ever see that? Yeah. No. The CinemaSins where the guy dings the movies. I told that. you I don't watch anything or oh, listen right, yeah. to anything else about yeah. movies. <laughs> I don't want to be influenced. But obviously no, fine, it was yeah. influential because the shirt you're wearing is legitimately... The exact seed with yes. the dinosaur and the, the banner. The T-Rex and I want to say something about your T-shirt. I want to say yes. something about that scene. Uh, we were talking about the T-Rex uh, sort of materializing out of nowhere and saving them from the Velociraptor. Blah blah. I remember being a little kid and seeing that. And like, All right, that's cool. I didn't. I didn't pick up the plot hole. Whatever. Right. But after the T-Rex dispatches the Velociraptors and the people flee, which takes them a minute, by the way. Remember yeah. They just They're like, standing. ooh, ah, cool T-Rex. <laughs> They should be like, fuck this, right? Out of there. Yeah, we weren't traumatized by that hours ago. But after fine. after 90 minutes of beautiful special effects throughout the whole movie, I remember when the T-Rex roars. It's the scene right in the show right yeah, there. Yes, and the banner falls. That banner is so fucking fake looking. If yeah. you go back and look at it, really? they clearly decided at the last uh-huh. minute, it's not a real banner. It's a Interesting. Fight. Yeah, go back and look at it. That banner looks fake I, as fuck. The symbolism I cannot cool. confirm this yet. Why would they not just drop the banner? Go back and watch the ban- it. The, the banner was real. Even if it when was they first real, walked maybe it set. was in... It looks cheap as hell. Because we talked yeah. about it. Maybe it was in putting the dinosaur in at the end and using the right, CG. Right. And it like, oftentimes makes other things look kind of I, I All right, but Ben, also. Ben, Ben. Yes, I got, yes, I got one word for you when, you when we talk about least favorite parts. And, and yeah. Tiny fucking plot hole. <laughs> hey, did we just coin a term? <laughs> you only did. Put <laughs> yeah. it in the lexicon. All right, put it in the lexicon. Thanks, Ben. I'm going to take a credit for Tiny Plot. Tiny, uh-huh. tiny fucking <laughs> plot hole. And you have to say it like that. It has to be like The exact that. opposite. Yes. You fu- anyway. Yeah. yeah. I got one word for you. Two words. I always do that, Kyle. I always say like one word and then like fuck it. The I four words. <laughs> the cliff. The cliff. The cliff. The cliff. Let's Tell talk about the cliff. the cliff. Okay. So one potential huge fucking plot hole, which I'm going to <laughs> navigate around here, is that there's a massive cliff where the... Explorer plunges off the side of the cliff, 
holding Tim into the tree and all that stuff after the T-Rex main road attack. Yep. And where did that cliff come from when the T-Rex was just standing up at road level? Yes, indeed. And I've Something done some research noticed. on this. You can <laughs> look on the internet for people who have drawn diagrams of the T-Rex paddock and surrounding areas to show that after it pushes the Jeep just a bit to the side, there's actually this huge depression at the end of its paddock. And if you look actually at the tree line, when you're looking at the scene before the T-Rex attacks, like when the goat's there and all that stuff, you actually can see the tree line plunging down. Mm. Bullshit. <laughs> so, so I'm not, I'm not saying that they, that they accounted for that. Tiny fucking plot hole. <laughs> but, but I think James, you might have a term for, for well, this type yeah, of, yeah. type of you, thing. You, congratulations, you are now. Uh, fully participating in what Josh normally does on this podcast <laughs> and what I've termed the post hoc rationalization of bullshit. You know? <laughs> oh, Clearly something is plot hole. At least it's not the pre hoc where you have to read all yes. the manuscripts and yeah. lore ahead of time to make sense. Shout out to Josh on yes. that one. So I, I get but that. Hey, I yeah. get the criticism, but because you can account for it and it does theoretically make sense, it doesn't really bother me. All right. Yeah. All right, all right. Excellent. I got a couple yes. of nitpicks. Can okay. I nitpick a little bit? Nitpick. Nitpick away. Nitpick away. Um, couple things that really uh, confused me and not confused me but I don't appreciate about the movie and these are really small nitpicks uh, one the shaving cream can right yeah. it tumbles out of uh, fucking Newman's hand because he's getting beat up and whatnot. right <laughs> Nedry it's a Nedry. they both start Newman. with N yeah. <laughs> N-E <laughs> and they they made a really they made a, a really they, they made a point of sh- zooming in on that can getting buried in the mud. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, that's that's a that's a really easy way to confuse your audience because they put so much emphasis on it that it looked like that might have been the seeds for a sequel. Like, oh my God, there's embryos still yeah. out there. They're buried in the mud. Somebody will stumble upon it. And, you know, you know that dumbasses out there thinking they're just going to spontaneously be born out of that can. Like, <laughs> burst out of it like a fucking reptile, you know, poking its head out of its shell with yeah. a little egg tooth or something like that. That's a burp. Anyway, um... So I didn't appreciate the handling of the uh, the Barbasol can. Is it Barbasol? It's Barbasol. Is it? It's Barbasol. It's product placement in our own I podcast. I saw it as a good. I thought good, it was. I thought it was a cool ranch for the plot line because <laughs> a cool ranch Doritos can. Um, <laughs> because when I got older and watched it, the plot became more important. That became more important. His uh, he's he's kind of like the antithesis of you know what they're trying to do in a way he's trying to use it for evil instead of they're trying to use it for quote good Mm -hmm. to show people about this stuff but every each aspect is misguided and i think it was their way of kind of just like covering it up and saying don't worry about it this plot line is over and uh, all right and that was the end of. i think that there was some potential thought about including that in sequels and other things but also it's kind of going to the theme that is talked about in much of the movie nature reclaiming this piece of man-made genetic engineering it's getting physically buried in the ground like a dinosaur bone all these different analogies you can make things like that so i'm not sure they had all the things in mind are you saying this is symbolism ben i think it's some symbolism (laughs) but it's true it's true that when you see that you think my thought initially as a kid was okay now this is just the hell out of the movie it's never to be seen again but because they focused so much on it i could see why like it, it looked like a potential bridge to a sequel, but all right, I, I can appreciate that. Uh, one I more like thing that. for you: yeah, staffing. Sure staffing. Right. <laughs> yeah, you got this. You got the, a major, uh, essentially a theme park, right? And they're trying yes. to they're trying to run it and whatnot. And it seems like it's a staff of about four. <laughs> yeah. The doctor, what'd you call him, Doctor Wu? Doctor Wu. Henry Wu. Henry Wu. Bd Wong. Bd Wong. Henry Wu. Law and Order fame. Uh, <laughs> Henry Wu, the Quaker Oats guy that owns a fucking place, whatever his name is. <laughs> uh, John Hammond, John right? Hammond. Yeah. 
Uh, Newman and Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, and the Hunter. Mulden. Excuse me. Mulden. Robert Mulden. Is All he right. the Hunter guy? Yes. The hunter anyway. Guy. Clever girl. Clever girl. Yeah. <laughs> He's one of like, the super great nuanced performances. But anyway. Yes. Um, essentially, the two people really running the show from behind the scenes from an admin standpoint are yes. Newman and Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. I had a problem with that watching. I was like, what? Like, but the park is they put everything in this one guy's hands. That's a big problem. Is they just like set it up and they're like, ah, our brain can control, you know, life. Like we can write some code and put up some electricity and we can control the dinosaurs. So we it's barely had the internet. People. Well, look what happened. Yeah. It all went to fucking hell. Oh yeah. Obviously, having a low staff did not help them no. out very much. It's part of the interesting thing because <laughs> Hammond's main thing is he wants to spare no expense by all these different things, but he actually wants to run the park cheaply. So he hired Ned who can automate everything but he put way too much power in the, into the hands of this one guy and a didn't douche. pay him enough money according to his standards because like you think debugging two million lines of code is easy or cheap <laughs> no all that stuff i will not get into another financial debate with you dennis i really will not oh you're right john you're absolutely right blah blah blah, blah. And so they go through all that and that's part of the reason why he wants to sell those embryos mm-hmm. to dodson Dodson, Dodson, we got Dodson here. We got Dodson here. <laughs> oh yeah, so, nobody cares, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so I I agree that Jurassic Park is woefully understaffed, similar to how in real life the Titanic had woefully too few lifeboats and propellers that were too small. But real things like that happen when you have the audacity to take over something that you can't control and you think you can. It goes into part rich of the plot. Prick like him. Yeah. exactly. But I'll tell you what else. It's a it's a good um, argument in favor of. And that is the James Madden approach to the world. And that is, buy your tickets from the nerd in the little glass booth. <laughs> the more you automate shit, yes. the more this stuff happens, right? I bet you, I bet you, you yeah. could have just... Where's Chris selling tickets at the front door? <laughs> <laughs> I bet you at Jurassic Park, you could have stole What's up, to the, Chris? How you doing? Stole up to the front gate and bought your food from some little robot. Bottom line, people need jobs. Stop using the self-checkout line. Stop using... Anyway... Yeah, Don't use automation to make genetically modified dinosaurs, guys. That too. Very serious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. I wanna uh, I wanna hit some uh, good uh, good content here because sure. one of the most interesting characters and one of your favorites I know yes. is of course Malcolm. Malcolm. And I would love to talk about Malcolm because he kind of plays the Crichton intellect in the book, and his character Absolutely. presents a lot of the science themes. And, uh, and makes them relatable and relevant to the average reader or watcher of the film. Um, and he's just fantastic, and the quotes are endless, and you do a fantastic Malcolm impression. Thank you. So we'll start here. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the character and uh, tell us some of your favorite quotes. So Malcolm is a new age mathematician, a chaotician, who has actually been brought in by Hammond to model what his park system would be like mathematically beforehand, but Hammond doesn't quite like the results that he's gotten. So he's bringing him in to see it firsthand. So the first scene that you introduce to Malcolm, and they're on the helicopter heading to Isla Nublar, Jurassic Park, and he turns to Dr. Grant, Dr. Sattler, and he goes, uh, you two, uh, dig up, dig up dinosaurs? And Grant, under his breath, is like, try to. And then he does the famous Malcolm laugh. The <laughs> and then uh, Hammond comes over. You have to get used to Dr. Malcolm. He suffers from a deplorable, excessive personality, particularly from a mathematician. Chaotician! Chaotician! And then they go forth from there. Oh, it's so great. It's great stuff. 
But he has a million quotes, and his job is to sort of remind everyone there that what they're doing is not ethical. It's also not earned mm. by these mm. folks because they did it through money and blind ambition and naivete, and they don't have respect for the power that they're wielding. And so that's his job throughout the movie is to point that out, and he's proven right time and time and time and time and time again with breeding of the dinosaurs. Theoretically, shouldn't be possible. All those things throughout the film. Do the quote, if you can, where he talks about slamming it on lunch boxes and he pounds oh, the table. Oh, yes. I love that. Yes, it's, it's absolutely. Really... This is at the scene where they're all dining together and Hammond wants to get these glowing reviews from all these folks that he thinks will love the dinosaurs. But mm-hmm. in fact, the only one on my side is the blood-sucking lawyer. Yep. <laughs> like, all that stuff. But so, so Malcolm just says, you know, he has this line where he's like, uh, if I may, uh, I'll tell you the problem with the scientific power that you're using here. It didn't require any discipline to attain it. You read what others had done, and yet, and you took the next step. You didn't earn the knowledge for yourselves, so you don't any take any responsibility uh, for it. You stood on the shoulders of geniuses to accomplish something as fast as you could, and before you even knew what you had, you patented it, packaged it, slapped it on a plastic lunchbox, and sell it. Sell it. Exactly. And so then, you know, Hammond does not see eye to eye at all with that, and he thinks that our scientists have done things people have never done before. And then... Malcolm talks about like, yeah, but they're too busy thinking about if they could do it, they didn't stop and think they should. <laughs> That's brilliant. All that stuff. It is brilliant. Uh, so great. And of course, all that stuff plays out through the disaster that happens to the rest of the film. I like that one quote because it's it's a man controlling his rant. He wants to allow himself to ramp up, but he realizes he's kind of in a meeting. Mm-hmm. And so it comes out as a little bit of a table slap and, yeah. and a little bit of stammer like, and next thing you know, you're selling and you're selling. And so you can yeah. tell he's uh-huh. he's on the verge of really flipping out. Yeah. But he's yeah. keeping it together for the sake of delivering what he wants to say. A lack of humility great. before nature here is uh, staggering. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the great performances in the movie. I mean, they get some really quality oh, yeah. uh, acting from all these folks. I thought he was real ballsy when he was playing with Lord Dern's hand right in front of Hammond. Uh, uh, right in front, uh, of, front uh, of Grant. Right in front of Grant. Oh, my yeah. God. Like trickling the drop of hand and oh, oh, yeah. the drop of water in hand and whatnot you might say he's quite pretentious <laughs> oh yeah I mean, he's supposed to be like that he's supposed oh, yeah. to be an asshole he's basically like the the chaotician version of a rock star yeah. yeah so he's coming in in all black he's got a shirt unbuttoned as hell huge sideburns all that great stuff super charismatic young guy sunglasses he knows he's good and is he good that's why when the T-Rex attacks in the main road attack scene we talked about he just goes like, oh, Jesus Christ, I hate being proved right all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all that stuff. Okay, wait, yeah. give us the, uh, the, the, the classic one about um, uh, when they're talking about controlling the power of the dinosaurs and uh, preventing them from breeding. Yes, the, the so I don't have this quotes. one quite as on the brain, perhaps, in terms of exact dialogue, but they're in the hatchery. The young velociraptor has just hatched out, and they're talking about how there's no unauthorized breeding in Jurassic Park. That's Henry. There's no unauthorized breeding in Jurassic Park. Then uh, Malcolm talks about, well, how do you know that? He's like, because all the, all the animals in Jurassic Park are female. Well, again, how do you know they're all female? Does someone go out park and uh, pull up dinosaur skirts? <laughs> and <laughs> Classic Malcolm. <clears throat> Excuse me, classic Malcolm. <clears throat> I'm done here. <clears throat> so Henry Wu comes on over and he talks about how they control their chromosomes, etc. And then Malcolm says something along the lines of type of control you're attempting here is uh, it's uh, not possible. You have uh, life, 
breaks through barriers painfully, sometimes even dangerously, and life cannot be contained, it cannot be controlled in this way, and so, uh, uh, there it is. There it is. You're suggesting that a population of animals comprised entirely of females will breed? No, no, I'm simply saying that, uh, life finds a way. Bravo, sir! Bravo! Very nice. And it's so great because later on in the film, when Hammond, sorry, Grant and the kids stumble upon the Velociraptor eggs because of the amphibian DNA, they've been able to change sex out there in the wild, and there are baby dinosaurs, life found a way. That amphibian DNA will get you every time. Exactly. Every single time. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the ending? Because... I thought that everybody looked way too happy during the ending of the movie. <laughs> well, wait, I forgot to make my point of the ending confusing people. We'll do it real quick. Oh, sure. They're on yeah. the helicopter. They're muddy. They're bloody. Right? They've yeah. escaped. They look out the window. Kyle, what do they see out the window? Uh, ben, what do they see out the window? Oh, pelicans. <laughs> there's birds, right? Pelicans. And something. Yes. Yeah? Pelicans, right? Yes. Now, you guys are too young, but I remember being in the theater... And realizing, recognizing that the movie was winding down. T-Rex had already saved the day. They're on the helicopter. They're clearly out of this whole mm-hmm. wreck, right? They look out the window and see pelicans. I swear to God, dozens of people around me, Kyle and Ben, dozens around me, you can hear them whispering, Oh my God, the dinosaurs are now escaping. Are those those flying dinosaurs? I'm like, <laughs> you know, if I had been an oh adult, I'd be like, you fucking idiots. <laughs> Yeah, those are technically, pelicans. They, technically, they are dinosaurs, but they are not pterosaurs. They're not they're they're Jurassic Park dinosaurs. So, so I, I thought that was stupid. Like, right. it, it confused people anyway. It, it just, confused just, me because right, right. as a kid, I I mean, I don't even I wouldn't have remembered if there was one in there or not. If there was an actual pterosaur or something in there, um, but I knew that there were some birds out there. They probably should have stuck with something more recognizable to everybody. Well, I think that like a pigeon. Like a <laughs> <laughs> I think doing overseas flight. Yeah, I think the idea was. Um, I think what happened is that they overestimated the intelligence of their audience. Yes. But much like the OJ trial during the film, <laughs> Cone full circle. Oh here. my god! <laughs> well done, Kyle. Bravo. During the film, Grant is always talking about because he's a vessel for this dinosaur bird connection point right, that's yep. being made so so wholeheartedly in this movie. When the T Rex attacks the Gallimimus after they run away from the flock of Gallimimus. Well, he says, look at this, like a flock of birds evading a predator. Talked about it there. T-Rex attacks. Does all that stuff. And uh, shakes around. And then he, he turns to Tim and Lex and says, bet you never look at birds the same way. So I think the idea there is at the end of the film, you're looking at these pelicans, these modern birds. And for the first time, you're kind of glazed-eyed, exhausted. But you're looking at them in this newfound light, having seen all of these ancient relatives of these animals running amok in the park. Well done, Ben. Incredible. He's good at this. He is good He's at this. He's giving you a run for your money, Kyle. And we are nearly out of time, so Ben. Let's yes. do a quote. Should we do a quote? You have you have a quote-a-thon. You have carte blanche yeah. to run through all your favorite quotes from oh the movie. Oh my god. Where do I start? I'll throw one at you real quick, right? Yes. One yes. Of my yes. Start ones. the train roll. Tell me who this is. But that's not what I'm gonna do. <laughs> that is Grant when yes. he's talking to Lex. Yep. And she's going, He left us! He left us! <laughs> and Grant has to get Tim from the tree, tells Lex to stay Fucking here. Tim. And just he does that great face during that time, that great face. Yes. So it's I'm going to do... such an over-delivered line, but yeah. I love it. I, I love it, too. Kyle, remember when we saw it yeah. together, 
and I, I yelled it out loud, mm-hmm. and the theater started laughing, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. and if I may, Kyle, there's, there's, I'll do the quotes real fast. Please and then do. the last thing I want to do before we end, if possible, yes. is just for the hell of it, run through all the things about the dinosaurs <gasps> that are wrong. Yes! Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah! yeah. I love it. Just really it. fast. Not that I... Not that that bothers me. Just, just so everyone knows. We've mentioned, yes, yes that just your, so everyone knows. The, the dinosaur inspiration yes. and to the mm-hmm. to the children was more important. But yes, yes, but yes I would love to quotes, know. Okay, wrong. okay, hit it. We clocked the T Rex at thirty-two miles an hour. You have a T Rex. You said you got a T Rex. Say it again. We have a T Rex. Oh, put your put your head between your knees. <laughs> My idea, Doctor Sattler. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Great stuff. Okay. Uh, continuing on. Continuing on. Um, Hold on to your butts. Yep. That's a great one. That's always a good one. Shutting down the system. We've never shut down the system. Shutting down the system. They're talking about that when they have to reload the main power. Other great lines. Okay. Let's see. Who should we even talk Clever about? Girl. Clever girl. Yes, Molden when he's hunting. That's shit out of me. Yes. Um, great lines. Spent no expense. <laughs> That's another great one from Hammond all the time. There's so many quotable moments. from the peanut gallery. So many quotable moments in this the, film. Uh, the women in... Eats man, woman inherits the earth. Yeah. Oh, yes. Let's see, let's see if I can remember the, uh, the, the hand... The room, ladies The line, yes. Um, um, it's... Uh, God creates dinosaurs. God destroys dinosaurs. God creates man. Man destroys God. Man creates dinosaurs. And then Sattler comes in and says, Dinosaurs eat man. Woman inherits the earth. Yes. So Sattler. Sattler's a great character because she is an intellectual peer to everyone there. She's a brilliant scientist. And she talks about sexism and survival situations when Hammond doesn't want her to be the one that goes into the main power room to restart the power of the park. Mm-hmm. But um, yes. that is a fascinating scene, and when I saw yeah. that as an adult, I was like, "Oh shit!" And also, Laura Dern is one of my favorite actresses. Of all. Oh, you know another another so series of lines that are yeah, really yeah. over delivered and nuanced, but it works so well. Is when Hammond's like, "Blah blah blah," you'll find the green switch on the right. Push it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that's thinking like, push it. Push the green one. Push the that. You'd be delivering yeah. these so fast, but oh, everyone yeah. is like, "Then there'd be another switch." Oh, yeah. So dramatic. The music's going. Oh, going back to the earlier part of the movie, Mr. DNA. I can't believe we didn't talk about that. Oh, because uh, yeah, they do, do the it. the opening scenes Hit where it. where uh, Hammond is doing that cloning scene. It's just like, first we need a drop of blood. Uh, your blood. Oh, ouch! John, that hurts. And they do all that stuff. And then Mr. DNA swirls out. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. Whoosh, whoosh. Mr. DNA, where did you come from? From your blood. Just one drop of your blood contained billions of strands of DNA. And then they talk about that whole thing with the amber and then bingo, Dino DNA. Oh, it's so good. It is so, so yeah, wonderful. Yeah, delivered with kind of like a west, like a cowboy style. Dino, Dino, Dino yeah, DNA. That's how you get a baby dinosaur. A baby dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> After careful consideration, I've decided not to endorse your park. <laughs> Yeah, that's the very end when they're leaving, getting in the jeep. Oh my oh, god, it's, that's uh, there's so, so good. I, There was a point in time, which actually isn't now, I've faded a bit, where if you were to play this film totally silently, I could probably say every single line of dialogue from this nice. movie. That is wonderful. Doesn't yeah. the lawyer have a couple of really dickhead asshole lines early he on? Does. Before he, he gets eaten, right? He, he, he's just like, um, we'll have a uh, coupon day or something. 
they're talking about how expensive Jurassic yeah, Park yeah, will be, yeah, and yeah, Hammond's yeah, like, totally. oh, Jurassic Park's not only for the super rich. We'll have a, a coupon day yeah. or something. White male um, lawyer. Oh, yeah. It's just like uh, in the car, in the car, um, <laughs> Tim is like, cool, night vision. And he's just like, are they heavy? Yeah. Well, then they're expensive. Put them down. <laughs> I love that line. Yeah. That's so good. Okay. Give dinosaur problems. Okay, I'm going to run them through real quick. So the Brachiosaurus in the beginning probably couldn't rear up on its hind legs like it did. Fuck. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we can go through kind of in chronological order, maybe. Bullshit! Bullshit! The Dilophosaurus was twice as big as you see in the film. It's it a spitty one? It's a spitty one. It could not actually spit venom. As far as we know, no direct evidence of that. It was twice as big? Twice as big. Wow, that's even scarier. Maybe three times. 20 feet long. And Oh, shit! <laughs> and yeah, it didn't spit venom. It didn't have a frill that we have evidence for. Who knows? Velociraptor was half the size, covered in feathers. But they didn't know that at the time. I don't blame them for any of the stuff they put in, in the movie there. But it was actually because of another animal at the time the book was being written called Deinonychus antiripus. They couldn't decide if it was Velociraptor antiripus being found in Montana and North America or Velociraptor. And Crichton went with the cooler sounding one and it stuck. So there was a real animal that size that did live in North America. That's why Grant's digging it up in the beginning. It's actually Deinonychus. Real animal, just not the one you see in the film. So besides that, what else? The T-Rex. When it walked, it would not be shaking the earth like that, as iconic as that would be, because they were light on their feet. They were pretty swift. Oh. There was a recent paper about how they couldn't actually outrun a Jeep or a Malcolm, perhaps, but their mass estimate that they use is really high, so I have some quibbles, some nitpicks with their study. What about those tiny little arms? the hell's going on there yes so they made a they made a evolutionary sacrifice if you kind of imagine that it's not really like this but every animal kind of has a sims attribute level you can give to different sorts of things you can't overload in too many categories or it's too energy expensive so in a t-rex it's different than most other carnivores in that it has an extremely heavy wide jaw so it has binocular vision and it has crushing teeth like spikes or bananas rather than slicing like a knife so it has bone crushing jaws super duper heavy robust jaws so that's kind of like t-rex is built like a teeter-totter has its head and torso on one side long tail on the other if it had big old arms it'd be top heavy and it would literally tip over but its arms were tiny very very well muscled still so they were still useful for something we just don't quite know what it was there are other types of dinosaurs the abelosaurs that have truly vestigial arms that are like little Jimmy Dean sausages. Like they've got <laughs> they've got nothing. So like the the fact of the matter is they they made a sacrifice basically. They invested in the head, took away from the arms, but it's all good. It worked for them really nicely. Any other dinosaur stuff I can think of. Dinosaur Triceratops man. was pretty good. They didn't do much. I heard of that it. Triceratops is supposed to only have two horns, but nobody wants to say Diceratops. Oh, there are plenty of I'm kidding. different types of horned dinosaurs joke. out there. <laughs> Yes. In fact, I, I dug up a skull of a pentaceratops that had five horns. Yes, so triceratops, pretty good. Um, besides that, any other things you can think of that I can nitpick in terms of dinosaurs at the top of your heads? Which other dinosaurs uh, do we encounter in this film? The intelligence of the raptors. Oh, yes, they weren't nearly that smart, but probably maybe close to as intelligent as some modern birds. Not so clever girl. <laughs> not so clever girl. Could they open doors? Probably not, but maybe they could learn to if they were trained. This is fascinating, and we're going to have to reprise this again because we are out of time. Yes. Ben, 
Thank you so much. That was incredible. I am so excited about this episode. I'm so glad I could be here. We will have to do Jurassic Park take Jurassic Park take two, the lecture with Ben. I could talk where about we this field all questions day. online and on our phones, and we. Oh, answer. that'd be fun. That'd be super fun. Yes. Yes. Excellent, Ben. Thank you so much for joining thanks us. Thanks for having me. This has been Loud on the Set with Kyle and James, and today, Ben, check us out on YouTube and iTunes. Anywhere you find podcasts, we are there. Send us some emails. Send Ben some emails to us. We'll forward them. <laughs> Loud on the set at gmail.com. Let's make it happen. Ben, thank you again for coming on the show. If you haven't watched Jurassic Park, I think I said earlier, fuck you, but go ahead and watch it anyway, <laughs> unless you're George Lucas. Thank you all, and have a wonderful day. See you later. Bye-bye. And cut.